Entitlement is different than spoiled. Entitlement is you earned the right to say yes to yourself about the thing that you want. And the moment I embraced that, the moment I turned into a yes machine for myself, felt like I could be a much better, stronger stand for others, especially women. A non-ordinary life requires a non-ordinary approach. Welcome to Sears Edge. My name is Juliette Trinka, and I'm here as your guide in living the full adventure and abundance that you came here to live. During my 20 years of practicing as a shaman, I've helped thousands of leaders to unlock their full potential and actualize their vision. What I know is that ritual, leadership, magic, and wealth are intrinsically woven together. This podcast is a discovery of living the full mystery of who you are while opening to deeper trust in life than you've ever allowed. Learn how you can make your quantum leap with us at getlifemastery.com. Hey, Rachel. Great to be here with you today. Hi, Juliet. So good to see your face and hear your voice and be here with you. Likewise, likewise, I am really, really excited. I am wondering if you would love to start us off with a, just like a brief grounding or centering practice. Yes. <laughs> Which is so funny because I imagine that as something you do a lot and all the time and that you would do. And I, I love the invitation to do it. So let's let's all center. Let's breathe. Close your eyes if you want to close your eyes. If you're listening to this on a walk, maybe don't close your eyes. <laughs> and just rest. Let's all just rest for a second. And remember that the less we do, the more we have, the less we think, the more we get to experience. And everything we want is already here. It's just a frequency away. And as we're breathing into this moment together, let's remember that rest and our wholeness and our fullness and that we get to swim in the ocean of goodness together. Whatever happens in this conversation, it wouldn't be the same if you weren't listening. We are the ocean together, the waves together, the space together. Hmm, that's a powerful call to this conversation. I love it. I mentioned to you that I was interested in talking a little bit about your book, but even more, your experience as a writer and what it is from from your perspective, from your being to to be a writer and to not just be a writer to but to allow that transmission to come through by actually publishing a book and putting it out into the hands of so many people. So I can ask a more specific question, or if you already have something that's coming through, feel free. First of all, I want to say, I love the vibe and the energy already. It feels so good. And the first thing, the most truthful and first thing I can say is that I have never considered myself a writer. 
I don't know if it's the word or, or the identity, um, but right before we hit record and we were just connecting, a word that feels more accurate for me is expressor. Ah, I'm a creative person and we're all creative and we want to express ourselves and express our expressions. And so the book to me is an expression of something I really wanted to share rather than for some people who who I think of as writers take seriously the practice of writing when they write, how they write. And for me, this the creation of this book was so fast and so much pleasure. I can't even hold the word writer because it feels too serious of a word for me. Thank you so much for that clarification. It feels really generous. I love playing this game, When Was the First Time? And I just want to frame it like, of course, it doesn't matter that it was actually the first time, but it's just a way of reaching into our being and and like seeing what comes out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So I'll ask the question, when did you first become aware that that you wanted to bring this book into the world? I saw a book many, many years ago. And if I had prepared well for our conversation, I would have gotten the book and the author and written it down and it would have flowed right off my tongue. But I cannot tell you the author, but I can tell you the name of the book is if you're afraid of the dark, remember the night rainbow. It's a really sweet little book. You'd you'd actually love it. Um, and my grandmother gave it to me when I graduated from high school. And she wrote something in the book. And there was so much love in her inscription. And the book is both really beautiful and really weird in that it's so artistic that I'm not even sure like what it means, but I don't care. I just love the vibration of it. And that was probably the first time I thought, I want to do something like that. I I want to do that. And also, wait a minute, you can write like a little book, like a just a beautiful. So that was the very first. Years, years, years pass. And just a few years ago, I was taking a walk. I was feeling so high. I mean, you know this. I mean, and anyone who takes walks, you know, you get such good ideas on the walks and the walks. I mean, walks are part of my business plan. I encourage anyone who's in business for themselves, like let walks be a part of your business plan or anything that brings you pleasure. So I'm on a walk, the sky is blue, the sun is shining, and I just get this download. Like I have a book and I know what the book is and I know what I want to say. And within moments, the whole thing just came in. So can I jump in? I just realized something that I think might help for anyone who is interested in writing. This is, you do not have to be a writer to write a book. You do not need to be a singer to sing a song. And the first time I learned that lesson, I, I when I was young, I got guitar lessons. It was like, as a gift to you, we're giving you guitar lessons. And they were so painful. I mean, if you've ever played the guitar, you know in the beginning, especially if you're a small person, the guitar is huge, the strings hurt, your callus is like, this was terrible. And then I thought I was like going to get on the guitar and like play cool songs. And they're like teaching me Mary Had a Little Lamb or whatever it is. That who could, mm-hmm. And it was so awful. So not long after that, I quit playing guitar. Two decades later, I'm living in an apartment and someone gifts me with like a guitar. Now I have this cool guitar and I don't know how to play. And a friend of mine 
who's a brilliant artist, says, just go to the store and buy one of those like $5 teach yourself how to play guitar books. And so I did. And I learned three chords. And then he came over and he said, I'll teach you a fourth chord. And then two weeks later, he came over and he said, have you written any songs yet? And I was like, are you kidding? I just learned how to play four chords. And this dawned on me, like, we don't need a degree in order to teach. We don't need anyone else to imbue us with the authority to do what we want to do, especially in the realm of creating. We can just create. And because we think that we need so much knowledge, we don't even sometimes tap in to the brilliance that's already right there inside of us available. And so as soon as he told me that, I realized, yeah, half the Beatles songs probably only have four chords in them. And I started writing music. And, and I'm sharing this, the same thing with the book. It's like, if you have a beautiful idea or something that you want to share, you don't have to wait in order to share it. Share it as is. And one of the things with my book is that it has lots of drawings in it. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, if you look at these doodles, you can clearly tell. Well, either you'll think this person is a genius because they how did they do that? Or you'll think, well, did a four-year-old do this? And I'm okay either way because you'll feel the vibration of the thing I wanted to share. And I really want to promote people sharing the thing you want to share now. Yeah, I think I think the only distinction between you and me on that is like, for me, I would I would consider you a writer because you've allowed yourself to express through that medium. And it it's not like I don't need you to like be like, yeah, I am a writer. But I sometimes think that there can be a power in being like, yeah, through no outer sanction, only through my creative expression, this is actually what I am. What I'm hearing from you is that it might actually be a little too small and restrictive for you because at the deepest level, you're just an expressor and you do that in all kinds of ways. I love you, Julia. Yes. <laughs> I'm an artist. I'm a best-selling author. Mm -hmm. And if you want to call me a writer, I will happily put on the crown of writer. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I think, too, it comes a little bit from from my own experience as a reader, like, because I loved that story that you shared so much about the book, the If You're Afraid of the Dark, Remember the Night Rainbow. Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. Something in you was, like, fed or nourished by that experience of receiving a frequency through a book, you know? And... The, the people that I think of that are like the most impactful writers, right? Like they identify as writers, people identify them as writers. It's always that. It's like something happened to me when I read their book. Something happened to me when I read that poem. It's like it it changed the center of gravity in me. So like that's, I don't know. I mean, I think that's like the, the best thing we can do, right? Is to transmit that clearly. You know, I think of you as a writer. I don't know if your book is published yet, but to me, October. you are a writer. October. October, what a great, that's a great month for a book to birth because you write so beautifully. You speak beautifully. You write beautifully. Your writing has a different frequency than your speaking, and it's very beautiful and powerful. Yeah, I'm with you. It is a frequency. I mean, I can have a very short attention span. So one of the intentions with my book that I've always wanted to do with a book is basically write a children's book for adults. Mm -hmm. So with a very lighthearted touch and a very small amount of time, you can change your life with ease, with brevity, with fun, with lightness. I mean, that's 
for many of us, we've done so much deep, heavy work. And for me, I think at this point, we can actually grow a lot faster in the lightness as long as we've been willing to touch the darkness and be as truthful as we can. We're allowed to go fast now. It's allowed to be fun now. We can have speed. Absolutely. That So that kind of, I think, is already answering the next question that was coming for me, which is just like whatever you're aware of that that allows you to do something like that, that uh, empowers you to get the download, create it, and and bring it forward without gumming it up right? Like with ideas of what a book is supposed to be or how impact happens or anything. Like what, what is the mechanism that's operating in you that allows you to be such a full expressor? It's such a beautiful question. I have two answers. And if I remember them both, it'll be a miracle. Let's see. <laughs> I'll try to say them fast and then share more specifics if that's helpful. One is improvisation hmm. and two is entitlement. Let's start with two, because I think that's the more provocative one. One day I was at some kind of retreat training and I was doing some of my own deep work. And I had this realization that there was some judgment inside of me about entitlement, about being perceived as entitled in some way. And then I I yesed that and I said, okay, let's let's eat that for lunch and see what's there. And this ball of energy came to me and it was basically the message like, yeah, yeah, you're entitled. I don't know how to convey this message to anyone and everyone listening, but you are entitled. Let's take the shame off of entitlement. Entitlement is different than spoiled. And I don't even like the word spoiled. I don't even think that's a real word. I think all we mean when we say spoiled is unappreciative. What's entitlement? Entitlement is you earned the right to say yes to yourself about the thing that you want. And the moment I embraced that, the moment I turned into a yes machine for myself and felt like I could be a much better, stronger stand for others, especially women, to be a yes machine for themselves. I love that. And that happened, that was a moment in a coffee shop conference in a conference oh, a conference a conference okay yes yes but still i i love that like it's probably one of my favorite things about being a human is how those downloads those transmissions those shifts just seem to come from nowhere i mean of course they do because they come from nothing with a capital n right and we're we're always practicing being who we are so we can receive them but it's just like grace you know Yes. And it comes so much faster than it takes to explain it. You know, it yeah. comes in a moment. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. So this is really funny because there's a, a story that I have about a writer, um, David White, the poet. So there's a, a friend of mine that uh, lives in the same city as him. So she's gone to like different talks that he's given or whatever. And apparently at one of these talks, like kind of at the end of it, someone was like, what do you have to say about uh, you know, people who would say that you're arrogant, you know, and he said, well, I hope I'd be arrogant, you know, and it, it was it was basically like, I've decided to give my life to this thing. And this is a territory that I'm intimate with. 
And so I'm not going to hide that. I'm not going to pretend that that doesn't exist. I'm going to be here with my authority. Um, and I just really loved that. That's beautiful. It's ownership. Exactly. Exactly. What about improvisation? There's two things about improv. One, I think most people know. And the second, I don't know how many people know because it isn't frequently spoken in this way. And I'll share both. The one phrase people may have heard is yes and. The idea of yes and is you offer an idea. And whatever your idea is, I'm going to say yes to it. And the and is I'm going to contribute to it. I'm going to add something to your idea, not add it to change it. I'm going to add to contribute to it. And from that, we're going to brick by brick create something that we never would have created alone. So that's the yes and. The gift a person can take away from that for themselves is how can you practice saying yes and to yourself? So you get an idea, and instead of listening to the part of you that might say, well, who are you to do that? That would not be a good scene. That would not be a fun scene to watch. But a fun scene to watch would be for you to have an idea and then have yourself be like, hell yeah, I could do that. What if I do that and it touches a million lives? And on and on and on. So the idea of yesing, yes and, yes yourself. And then the other piece, which is such a grace, I recommend to entrepreneurs, coaches, anyone to take an improv class, whether you're interested in ever being on stage or not. And that is the willingness to get it definitely wrong. The willingness to comfortably sit in our own skin and get it all wrong. And that is what beginner's luck is. That's what genius is. It's you're in a moment and you have no pressure, no expectation that you're supposed to do it a certain way. You don't even think you need to do it good because it's your first time. So who cares? There's so much grace. And then you hit a home run because you were free. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I, I remember you had taught me a couple of improv exercises that I shared with my kids. And it's so funny because I don't remember, this was like several years ago. I don't remember what those exercises were, but I just remember the quality of energy flow that that happens in that moment of playing with them that way. Because like the other thing, even though I am I'm not as experienced at improv as you are in like the sense of actually like going and doing improv on purpose, it keeps that frequency in you awake that's exactly the one that you're talking about, right? That you recognize if something's going sideways, like there's there's an opportunity there. And there's a freedom in that versus like a limitation. So true. The The best moments for me, some of the best moments are on stage is when someone makes what you would think of as a mistake and the, all of the rest of us are like, yes, like someone <laughs> was supposed to say door, but they said floor. So now the door's on the floor. How much more fun is a door on the floor, you know, or whatever it is. And the, if we could yes, the things we think are mess ups, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. what would happen for us? I'm just like letting that space be there for a moment because I'm like, anything, everything. Is there, I wonder if there's one more story you have to share about yesing, whether it's when you yesed yourself or you saw somebody else yesing. I could go really deep and dark and personal and heavy with that, or I could go really specific and sweet and weird with the book. Which would you prefer? I actually have no preference. I I totally trust your intuition. If I were listening, I probably wouldn't have the deep personal one. 
Um, so if there's time, I'll tell the light one. This is really deep and really personal, but I think I hope it helps somebody. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's important that when we're, when it feels like we're winning, that we're also like, we share the real stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have had five miscarriages. And the last time I was pregnant, I was already told that it wasn't going to go well. And because of laws and all the stuff, the only legal option was to hold the pregnancy until the baby died. That was it. And so I went home and I remember I'm actually looking at the chair right now. I was sitting in this chair that looks out this window and what I said yes to was the realization that this might be the last time I'm pregnant. What would I like to do? And what I really wanted to do was enjoy the feeling of being pregnant. And this just brings tears to my eyes, not not for any drama reason, just the remembrance that we, within every experience, there is something we can say yes to that feels like love. And it is one of the most precious moments I remember. It's just me sitting on the chair with my hand on my belly, experiencing this baby, experiencing myself, experiencing myself being pregnant, knowing that like most people might never know that I was pregnant. Like it was really personal. But the yesing of the good feeling is so healing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I, th- I think the thing I want to add to that is that, you know, little children can be crying hysterically and then you show them like a lollipop or a teddy bear and they are thrilled. And I believe that adults could be the same way, but we have so much attachment and judgment to how we're supposed to feel. Or if we don't feel a certain way long enough, it wasn't serious enough, like all these ideas. And I... I would love to invite the world to rest in letting it be okay to be wherever you are. And if there's a better feeling thought that's available to you, you're allowed to take it. You're allowed to say yes to that. Beautiful. I love that reminder. I'm just reflecting on um, like actually pregnancy in general. Mm-hmm. Because one of the ways that I understand it is that it it really is a transmission and each of them, no matter if they go to what we consider full term or no matter what happens, that there is like a, a unique magic of each one. And so it's just really meaningful to me that that's the story that came through for you. And that you were willing to share that. You are such a generous listener and space holder. Thanks for inviting it in. You were improvising all day, every day. And the less, the more we can be free and relaxed and be truthful, the better our scenes, the better our experience. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. That was like one more little gem because there's something just really fun about thinking of our life as a series of scenes that we get to like create as we be inside of them. Um, I sometimes talk about the the kindergarten closet. It's like this metaphor for me 
because literally when I was in kindergarten, we had this big closet that was just full of like costumes and jewelry and props, right? So you could go into the closet and you could come out a queen or a doctor or a horse or a bunny or, you know, whatever. And and then when you were done, you could change and you could be something else. And it's like, actually, that's still true. We still get to be that. And, yes. and so I feel, I feel like there's probably some very dramatic part of me that that really finds that exciting. <laughs> I love that. I love that for you. We all, like one of the reasons why we actually moved to Austin, Texas is I had lived here before. And even though Austin is changing and all those things, they really take Keep Austin Weird seriously. And when I would describe it to Dave in the beginning, I would say this is the kind of place where nobody cares. Like you can be a hippie one day and then change your mind and be a rock star the next day and then be a boss. And then it's the, it feels, Austin to me feels like a kindergarten closet. And I wonder, I wonder what happens if we claim that more for ourselves. Like we're making up our identities anyway, more permission. You want to be a queen today? Be that queen. You want to be a horse tomorrow? Absolutely. Be a horse tomorrow. <laughs> if our listeners wanted to find out more about you, wanted to connect with your amazing book, like where's the best place for them to go? You can go to my website, which is my first and last name, rachelmedorsky.com. You can buy the book on Amazon. You can buy the book on my website. You can buy a signed copy with a sweet secret little message from me in it if you want that. And there's some resources but all of that you can find on my website or Amazon. There will be links, dear listeners, that, that you can follow. <laughs> I also want to do a quick shout out, if that's okay. I looked up Cooper Eddins. Cooper Eddins is the amazing author and illustrator of the book, If You're Afraid of the Dark, Remember the Night Moon. It's a beautiful, wild book. Oh, thank you so much for like pulling that thread in. I just have loved this conversation so much there's like so many layers and so many frequencies it feels like we've just like woven a new tapestry in life you are such a remarkable woman and i'm, I'm so grateful to create this experience together and float with you and share with you me too thank you mm -hmm.